everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Yao Honglin, sitting in for He Yang, joined by Xin Yu and Brendan Yetz. Coming up on the second half of the show, it's no secret that plastic pollution has reached critical levels, endangering our planet's precious ecosystems. In a significant stride towards a cleaner future, the European Commission introduced a ban on microplastics. We'll unpack the specifics of the ban, its potential impact on industries, and the broader implications for. Environmental protections, and ever wonder why some folks wrap up a day of work ready to conquer the world, while others collapse on the couch and dreaming of a sitcom marathon. <laughs> Today, we're decoding the secret behind our daily pep. Is it in our genes, or can a well-timed workout turn us into the superheroes we secretly want to be? Join us as we uncover the cosmic dance between our DNA and that post 5 p.m. slump. Now on Roundtable. While plastic brings convenience to our lives, its impact on environment cannot be ignored. Recently, the European Commission has been trying to combat plastic pollution through some new bans. What exactly is the new policy, and how effective can it be? Do you think? Yeah,、um, the European Commission has recently issued a new ban on microplastics. It covers all synthetic polymer particles less than five millimeters that are insoluble and non-degradable. So, especially for products containing such microplastics, such as cosmetics that contain microbeams for exfoliation, exfoliation and glitter,、uh, used for like nail products.、Mm. So, they are banned from mid-October, and also. Bans on other products that contain microplastics,、um, such as sports equipment,、um, toys, detergents, and pharmaceuticals, will also be gradually implemented. Sports equipment. Hang on now. What am I going to be? <laughs> what am I going to be missing out Don't on? Don't get excited about it. <laughs> no, I'm not excited. I'm、uh, concerned. Like the artificial、uh, football grass. Oh, that's fine. That's、um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> not a football player, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah.、Um, so why why the measure then?、Um, currently. The EU estimated that 42,000 tons of these tiny pieces of plastic, they're intentionally added to products, are released in the EU annually, and、um, the United Nations estimates that there is more of the plastic microplastics in our seas than are, there are stars in our sky, in our, in our galaxy. So、uh, these microplastics. They are spread through the air, water, and soil in the environment, and it doesn't biodegrade, and it cannot be removed. So it will stay there for centuries. So it poses a real threat to wildlife, and also ultimately making its way into the food chain and our、mm. human body. So yeah, that's heard, why. Sorry,、mm. sorry, I've heard that、um, human consumption of 
microplastics is a massive problem as well. Yeah, totally. And it's not only、um, about adults. Actually, an infant in the first year of their life would intake a lot of microplastics、Oof. through their、uh, milk bottle, through the maybe the toy they're chewing, and sometimes even through the breast milk they take. Terrible.、Mm. It is terrible, and it affects people, human beings' health quite so much. Which is why I'm all for the ban of such, let's say, microplastics. But definitely, it will affect certain industries,、mm, especially for,、um, like I said, nail industry. So the decision sparked a real surge of panic buying in Germany earlier this month, as、uh, these glitter lovers they rushed to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this vision、issue. of I have this vision of glitter lovers just rushing to stores and collecting yes, all this glitter. Yes, they're collecting all these、um, glitters. <laughs> the glitter apocalypse. Ah, <laughs> they're they're afraid they cannot buy them anymore. You know,、There's、whatever a- shall we do without glitter? <laughs> Well, it's a it's a real issue and affects、yeah. industries. <laughs> and actually, there's this interesting German reality TV personality called Sam Dillon. He, I think, he really loves glitter. <laughs> <laughs> glitter that he cannot live without glitter.、Oh、so, yeah, he、um, he had had gone on a so- shopping spree to find as much glitter powder as he could, and he bought like eighty two packets. But、um, actually, the ban doesn't mean that the sparkle will. Be gone forever, you know. There are actually we have、um, a whole wave of this eco-friendly,、uh, gradable, a、uh, degradable glitter options out there. So we are just banning these insoluble plastic, and、uh, for for those natural glitter or biodegradable glitter, we can also、uh, be a good alternatives for for those glitter lovers. <laughs> well, glitter lovers out there, we're not mocking you. Actually, we love nail polishing. Actually, no, we are. <laughs> and also, we've、I、talked <laughs> about nail polishing as a major industry that's been affecting the lives of a lot of people. And also, China has, I think, a great, let's say, edge on this industry. We did a lot in this regard, and、mm. it again has、uh, been provided. Providing for a lot of people, so yes, it's a serious issue. It's just when it comes to environmental protection,、yeah. I think certain sacrifices would be made, and would be made. And in the meantime, people maybe have to find alternatives in their daily lives. As they should. I think just with regards to like, to, like you said, to environmental protection, and I also think that these makeup companies, it's not necess- it, it might affect them in the short term. But I think it's good that legislation like this is going to force them to become more responsible. Because、mm. let's be honest, these makeup companies are not struggling with income, and you know some of them are billion-dollar companies. So the fact that we are now making them more responsible and to make sure that they take care of our health, as opposed to just being concerned about their income, I think that's a great thing.、Mm. And Xinyu has also mentioned earlier that these microplastics are seen in. The sea quite so often, and for sea animals, they would take in these microplastics, and also some not so microplastics, and they have no ways to actually, you know, get them out. So the plastics would stay in their body until it's just too much and cost their lives. So、mm. they would be the one who's making the ultimate sacrifices and making the paying the ultimate cost, which is really unfair in my opinion. But what's making me feel a little bit better is that China is also. Trying very hard and making its effort in helping the sea and getting rid of plastics. Right.、Um, so in 2020, China launched this 
uh, Blue Circle Environmental Initiative to manage marine plastic pollution in eastern China's Zhejiang province. Um, so this basically the initiative used technologies such as blockchain and Internet of Things. Um, by adopting these technologies, it's able to achieve visual traceability throughout the entire process of collecting the plastic pollution and also recycle these plastics and remanufacture them and resell them. And to date, it has collected over 10,000 tons of marine waste, uh, and it made it China's largest marine plastic waste recycling project. Fantastic. And in late October... Uh, Blue Circle was awarded the 2023 Champions of the Earth Award by the United Nations Environment Program, um, which is the UN's most prestigious environmental recognition. Mm. Mm. So I was wondering, Brendan, mm. how's the um, plastic pollution situation in South Africa? I think it's something that all nations around the world struggle with, but I don't think it's as big of a problem in South Africa as it is comparatively to the rest of the world. Just You don't because... use plastics? No, we do, absolutely. <laughs> but um, it doesn't seem to be causing as big a scale of a problem that more you know, higher population countries and more developed countries are experiencing. And I think with regards to, we were having this discussion earlier actually um, mm. in China because of um, the fact that... Uh, all of the water is consumed through bottled water. Mm. Um, that is also, also probably a huge contributing factor to the huge amounts of plastic that need to be dealt with. Whereas in South Africa, we just drink tap water. So I think that there's a lot of plastic pollution um, problems that other world, other nations face that we don't necessarily face on as great of a scale. So it is a problem, but I don't think it's as great of a scale of a problem compared to countries like China, the United States, Europe, etc. Mm, mm. That makes great sense. Yeah. And in the meantime, it's really for this day and age, you wake up and you see your surroundings, you see plastics everywhere. And yes. it's really hard to just say, let's get rid of plastics in just one move overnight. Mm. But we can definitely do something to try to maybe find alternatives, try to find substitutes. And for example, I think here in China, we are starting to consider the possibility of using bamboo to replace plastics. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I also think in third, sorry, just going back to South Africa, mm -hmm. the, I think with third world countries, and it, sh it shouldn't be less of a problem for them, but it's seen as less of a problem because of all of the other issues that they're dealing with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So because of the, the real world day-to-day -day struggles that, you know, people in lower, uh, GDP countries face, unfortunately, things like the environment kind of take a, a, a back seat. Mm -hmm. So in China, uh, we are finding ways to replace plastic, um, like you said, bamboo. Um, it was initiated last year, and China has just launched a three-year action plan uh, in November to promote the use of bamboo as a substitute for plastic to reduce pollution. Um, and according to the National Forestry and Grassland Administration, the plan aims to build an industrial system centered around bamboo substitutes. Um, we can have like bamboo keyboards, computer mouse, household items, sports equipment, and also the casing of electronic products and other products in this industrial field. And the advantage of bamboo is that it, it is renewable and it grows quickly. It is degradable and there's no pollution, no waste, and its carbon sequestration ability is better. Uh, the carbon sequestration ability means the process of 
capturing and storing the atmospheric carbon dioxide. So it is one method of reducing the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere with the goal of reducing global climate change. It's a really strong yeah. material as well. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. I must say, just going back to South Africa again, um, <laughs> but one, one effort that we are just, you know, like you said, the, the bamboo also plays a role in reducing carbon dioxide. Mm. We have a plant in South Africa called, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, 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 um, it's gone out of my head now. It'll come back to me later. But it also, <laughs> a lot of efforts are being made to uh, plant this specific plant all around the country because it actually absorbs carbon. Oh. Um, and then, you know, uh, so it, 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 it actively reduces the amount of carbon that's in the atmosphere. Um, so something similar is being done in South Africa, but not necessarily to convert that into products like is being done in China with bamboo, which I think is a fantastic initiative. And mm -hmm. I wonder if something can be just back to the um, the plastic with water bottles issue, because I consume probably two of those five liter water <laughs> things every single day. Wow. Um, so I guess I'm my, you know, plastic uh, consumption daily is, is quite high. I wonder if something could be done to um, battle that particularly bottled water. Um, you can bring your own bottle. That's what I do. Yeah, mm. that's true. You bring your own bottle yeah. and you get the water in the building. Actually, mm. we do have hot water and um, fresh or just like temperature, room temperature water mm. everywhere. And you can bring your own bottle and that helps as well. Maybe stores can also keep a record of the amount of bottled water you buy per week and then just say, look, there are alternative options as opposed to just buying, you know, bottled water from our store every single day and then, you know, provide some information on how to reduce your weekly um, purchasing of those plastic bottles. Yes, that's yeah. something that we can do in our yeah. daily lives to change a little bit of our habit and maybe make a contribution to the planet. And in the meantime, when it comes to using bamboo to replace uh, plastics, mm -hmm. actually, one very interesting fact I found about bamboo is that ha proper harvesting enhances bamboo frost quality uh, and structure. So it's not like other wood, other kind of plant would have you, you have when you cut them down and make them into products, it actually hurts the forest, but mm -hmm. it's not the same thing for bamboo. Yeah. Speckboom, by the way. I remember <laughs> <laughs> no, the plant is called Oh, boom. the plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which is a, it's 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 also been um, exported globally as well because apparently it has a lot of um, environmentally friendly um, benefits. And I think bamboo is, is going to be something that's also linked to China's efforts to reduce global um, pollution. You know, the the global pollution problem. I can totally see myself using a bamboo keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> sounds very cool, very like, zen for some reason. Yeah, but I also like the idea right. of using any alternatives to plastic in our day to day lives. So it's it's great to hear that it can be applied to things that we do do use daily, like uh, you know, a keypad, a mouse, etc. Mm. How about sports equipment? Yeah, I mean, look, if there were more environmentally friendly, you know, footballs, basketballs, cricket bats, etc. Um, you know using uh, natural turf instead of astroturf. I think that's all fantastic. But I thought for you, sports people, both mm -hmm. of you, you, you care about the feeling of holding certain equipment, of using it to play sports. Does Absol that affect but, the situation? For sure. But I think, yeah. you know, we also need to have an environment to play sport in. We also need point. to be aware of that. Yeah, But I also think with, like we've said, with, you know, um, expanding technology and, and that kind of thing, it is more possible going forward to create environmentally fr uh, products, including sports products, than it has been previously. Mm. And I think continuous efforts needs to be made to create environmentally friendly products across all levels, sports, daily consumption, you know, food, beauty products, etc. 
Yeah, actually, I interviewed uh, a guy, you know, in Beijing. He makes bamboo bicycles, mm. and he teaches people to make uh, bicycles by using this bamboo materials. Awesome. And he is on a world tour, starting from the U.S., riding his bicycle, cycling all around the world. Is he I touring think with Taylor Swift? <laughs> on the same time. Not with Taylor Swift, but with his bamboo bicycle. Oh. He's gonna use the only one by bi- uh, bamboo bicycle, only or he's one. gonna. Yeah. Ah, I would rather go and see that. Guy. I would rather go and watch him perform rather than Taylor Swift perform. That sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> A bamboo bicycle sounds really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. What are some other alternatives you can think about for your daily um, plastic consumption? Good question. Hmm. <laughs> for example, for me, I can think of a uh, fabric bag instead of plastic bags yep. because you use plastic bags so much when you do grocery sh- shopping,、mm. or especially when you. Didn't actually have a plan to go to buy stuff because if you're going to a supermarket, you would definitely. Well, for Brendan, I know you carry、yeah. <laughs> you carry the luggage, you carry the huge suitcase to yeah, buy stuff. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's to carry those plastic water bottles. But I mean, that's probably the most environmentally friendly thing that I do is that I use the same bag to transport、yeah. my 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 food every day. But with that being said, also food packaging. I think that is also a huge、um, problem with regards to plastic. I think greater efforts need to be made to package food. Um, with plastic-free alternatives. Yeah, and in the meantime, actually, scientists and industry workers are trying really hard to improve the quality of the plastics, plastic bags, and plastic pl- products. Not in the sense to make them more durable and less easy to degrade into、mm. the environment, but making them easier to degrade or making some of the plastic product. Um, emit less microplastics to the food they contain to the environment. So at least from that perspective, we can take in a little、yeah. less plastics into our system. I think the narrative is important as well because there's so much effort from you know organizations to say to the individual, look, you need to reduce your plastic use and you need to do this and that, whatever. But I think it needs to be turned around. These massive corporations that are billion-dollar companies or whatever that are producing these plastic products, they need to stop. Doing what they're doing, and they need to find alternatives. Alternatives because they can afford to do that. Or in the meantime, maybe we can all play our part. Yeah, but they have a but, they, but those companies that are have bigger you know, responsibilities, much bigger responsibilities <laughs> than the individual. Yeah, and they have the financial means to do it. I mean, you know, some of them are making billions of dollars a year off plastic products. Do some research, give us some better product, and stop hurting the、exactly. earth. We're、mm-hmm. shouting out to them and、right. also to us, to ourselves. We will try our very best to use less product made by plastics and make our contribution to the environment. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, from the ones who power through after-work coding sessions to those who declare couch and chips a workout, we're exploring the quirks of mysteries of our energy levels. Is it a genetic lottery, or can we shake off the post-workday blues with a little cardio magic? Let's learn to turn your "I'm too tired" into "Let's do this." Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of Roundtable. I'm Yu Honglin. Now let's step into the extraordinary world of energy dynamics. We have to admit there are seemingly 
Differences in vigor among individuals. Some people clock out and head to the gym, while others clock out and head straight to the couch. What are the factors behind the yawning gap in energy levels? Is this something that's predetermined at birth, or can <laughs> we shape our vitality through international and intentional lifestyle choices, especially maybe exercise? So, what do you think, Brendan? It's definitely a choice because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, most of the people that you see that are in amazing shape and live active, healthy lifestyles. A lot of the time, they don't feel like going to the gym. They don't feel like really, eating, absolutely. They don't feel like eating a chicken breast instead of a a, a a cake. You know what I mean? So yes, I'm sure there are genetic elements to it in terms of energy levels and that kind of thing. But but being active and being healthy and staying in shape most of the time is a choice. I thought you guys love exercising.、I、no, for sure. No, like it's definitely something that people enjoy, and it becomes a habit and a lifestyle.、Yeah. But look,、mm. there are days where I definitely do not feel like working out or don't feel like eating healthy, and that's how you stay consistent. Is you know, staying in shape doesn't necessarily like people that only work out when they feel like working out are probably not in great shape. But it's those ones that just you know work out twenty minutes a day every single day, no matter what. Those are the ones that are in shape.、Mm. So a lot of it is definitely a choice, not just necessarily because you love working out. Well, now I understand your perspective about working out, but、mm. I don't still buy that working out would cure my low energy problem. <laughs> and I believe there are certain research and just certain yeah, yeah、um, scientific results about、mm. this question. Yeah, I think nowadays fatigue is a really common symptom. You know, especially in today's world, many young people they're experiencing a certain level of tiredness, weakness, lack of energy, and inability to concentrate. And research shows that approximately twenty percent of adults worldwide report persistent fatigue. I think I am one of them. Me too. <laughs> yeah, and. Some are、um, some are born to be that energetic and less susceptible to fatigue.、Mm. This is according to some research. I don't you know, buy a, that. Yeah, a study <laughs> of a thousand and seven hundred and seventy-seven pairs of twins found that thirty-eight percent of the difference in the feelings of fatigue between individuals is due to genetic factors. With genetic factors. factors, yeah. But are you telling me that people that are like active and healthy and exercise on a daily basis also don't suffer from fatigue and、yeah. they battle that to stay? In shape, I'm、yes. telling you. Like, look, it is definitely a lifestyle, and being healthy is a choice.、Um, and a lot of it does have to do with energy levels. And a lot of those energy levels come because they live those lifestyles. I think what Singu is trying to say here is、yeah. that Brandon, you are the feel lucky one. You are I, not, not that perceptive. I, I guarantee you. No, 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 no. no. I, I disagree because I, I, I work hard every day.、Um, and at the end of a work day. I would say more than fifty percent of the time I don't feel like exercising, but I do it because I, you know, value my health and I want to stay in a certain level of shape and that kind of thing. And while I do enjoy living an active, healthy lifestyle, it's not easy.、Um, and sometimes I do feel fatigued and I don't feel like going for a run, but my mental strength forces me to go for that run or forces me to go to the gym. There are times where I love going for a run or love going to the gym, 
But I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of times where I don't feel like doing it, but still do it. And a lot of that has to do with mental strength mm. not and, and combating that fatigue with mental effort. Wow, mental yeah. effort combating genetic factors. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. How, like, I, I don't know if it, I'm, I'm not sure if I buy the fact that there are people that are born with f- fatigue. No, I think um, actually two conclusions. First yeah. is that some people are more were born with the kind of genes that is easier to feel tired, mm. giving them even more reason that they should exercise and should yeah. try to improve their energy level. And that's the fight. That's the battle. That's the battle. And conclusion number two is Brendan is the kind of role model I have for a healthy <laughs> lifestyle that in the future when I do not want to exercise or think of what Brendan said today. So that's the two conclusions I have. Yeah. But I was wondering, what are some other factors that might make people feel very tired after a working day or feel a persistent fatigue in a mm. relatively longer period of time. Mm. Modern workplace? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, so apart from genetic factors that I just mentioned, also disease, uh, various types of disease like cancer or infectious diseases, cardiovascular diseases, these kind of diseases all can have an influence uh, on your feelings of fatigue. And also apart from that is the lifestyle that we just talked about. Research has found that the correlation between energy and your physical activity. So for adults who engage in insufficient exercise, they are 64% more likely to experience fatigue mm. compared to their peers who exercise regularly, like Brendan. And and these energetic individuals, it's like a virtuous cycle. You know, these energetic individuals, they're more likely to engage in exercise and exercise in turn can improve their energy levels. Mm. It depends though, because honestly, sometimes, well, a lot of the times when I exercise, I feel fatigued before I even exercise from like the previous day's exercise. So it's it's interesting because I think also feeling fatigued, I think is also sometimes a, a mental thing as well. Mm. Um, there are genetic, I mean, there are extreme cases, like you said, like heart disease and cancer. And I mean, that's, you know, quite an ex- extreme case. But I think a lot of fatigue has to do with your daily habits. Mm. Um, and, you know, whatever your daily habits are could probably affect your fatigue levels. And fatigue comes different. So fatigue can also come from in inactivity, but mm-hmm. it can also come from too much activity. Exactly. Moderation yes. is always the key. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who do not exercise quite so much, like myself, I should definitely have some exercise. But if you're like Brendan, if you already exercise every day, do not think that if I exercise more, more than two hours a day, I will feel better. That's probably mm. not the case. Rest, sleep, diet, all of that stuff. Everything also comes should into come together. For sure. Yes. And in the meantime, even if for most people who do not suffer from serious disease, if you are lack certain kind of micro element or your uh, lack of iron for some time, yes, yes, yes. and different maybe you're not that unhealthy but it's not um it's the kind of situation you can definitely consult a doctor a physician to adjust to make you feel a little bit better absolutely and i've also come across this new interesting research that has found that a five minute walking break after every 30 minutes of sitting may help regulate your blood sugar uh, blood pressure and also control uh, your blood sugar levels so these 
kind of such um, sh- short exercise during the working day can improve your mood, fatigue, and well-being. I ca- I kind of buy into that because I also <laughs> when I was working in South Africa, I would yeah. take a DD to work or whatever, and then just start working immediately, and I would uh, run out of energy by midday. But now that I take a five or ten minute uh, walk to mm-hmm. and from work every single day, I find that my energy levels are. Um, not increased, but they are more stable, stable yeah, throughout stable. the entire day. Yeah, and I think it has to do with that little five-minute walk. It's amazing. Little mm. lifestyle changes can really affect your day-to-day feelings. A little walk yeah. or a little nap or a better diet could all make your life feeling a little bit better. Yes. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Many thanks to Xingyu and Brendan for joining the show. It's great to have you on roundtable. Until next time, keep the conversations going and the ideas flowing. I'm Yeo Honglin. If you'd like to communicate with us, just send us an email to easyfmroundtable at foxmail.com. We will definitely reply your email. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>